Welcome, family. This family time series is about how tightly knit we really are, even though we forget it sometimes, or just take it for granted. Last week, the message was about identity. And because you have the identity that you belong to Jesus, you're in the body of Christ. We're in God's family. So when you're born again, you're a child of God. You change from just being a creation of God to a child of God. And you're in his family. And I think you're in his family forever. This identity we've been given puts us in the body of Christ. But there's something beyond that. I personally don't believe you can have the fullness of God and have your life fulfilled to the full extent that God has for you if you're not in a local body. Because people, that's where the rubber hits the road. That's where it's all happening. See, we're in a family of love. The family of love, that's what we are. And love is an action word. It's got to be worked out. You can't be on your own and love. That's why you need me to learn how to love people. And I need you to learn how to love. In Hayford's The Life in the Spirit Bible, he has what they call word wealth. Every once in a while in the text, he takes one of the words out and then gives a meaning in the original language. And the verse he chose to use to explain love is Romans 5.5. And I thought of all, all the verses that have the word love in it, why did he choose Romans 5.5? Well, let me start at three. We can rejoice when we run into problems and trials. I see all the smiling faces out there. <laughs> For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Verse 5. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us. Because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. The Holy Spirit of God fills you with the love of God. And that's the verse Hayford's Bible people chose to explain what agape love is all about. The love of God filling you personally. Christianity gave new meaning to the word love. Agapao, or agape love. If you look at Greek manuscripts of the day back then, you will find almost no references to agape outside of the New Testament. Agape only got meaning from God as lived out in Jesus Christ in the New Covenant. 
There was no model for it before that. So here we are living in a family of love that gets the meaning of love from God through Jesus Christ by his Holy Spirit. Otherwise, we would have no clue what it is. Mike, you just prayed at the end of worship time. Praise time. It's hard for us to describe, just to say words that tell what the love is that this family is all about. We've got to see it in action. Here's some things that were written down in Hayford's Bible trying to explain to us what this agape love is. Undefeatable benevolence. Undefeatable benevolence. Doing good, kindness, charity. That will never stop and never end. Unconquerable goodwill. Nothing can overcome the friendliness of the family that is built on the love of God. Nothing. This love always seeks the highest good of the other person. No matter what. You will always be loved by me and there's nothing you can do about it. That's the love of God. Because the love of God is the same thing. And he put the love of God in my heart and that's the love I show for my family. This love gives freely without asking anything in return. You know, the world has no clue about that whatsoever. There's always strings in the love of the world. There are never strings in the love of God. If there were, you and I wouldn't be in this building today. Uh, we might be here just to have a bagel. But we wouldn't be here to praise God and to love each other. This love is a love by choice. It comes from our will. It's not a love of chance. Oh, it just happened. No, it's got to have a decision attached to it. I've got to decide that God loves me and I know it. And because he loves me so much, I want to take the love that he has in me and give it to you. I have to decide to do that. Look, when you got God in you and I got God in me, there's a connection there that could never be broken. Agape, the unconditional love God has for the world. If God's love is in me, I better love the world the same way because that's what's in me. I don't even have to work it up. It's just there. I don't have to work up a love for you. It's there. Because if God's love is in me, he loves you and so do I. For those of you who have children who've gone through relationships at whatever level, from kindergarten through adulthood, when your child loves somebody, so do you. And as soon as your child breaks up with that person, sayonara. You love what your kid loves. 
Your kid loves what you love. You'll find out later on in life. Look at the front of your bulletin there. I don't know if you've ever done a study on one another scriptures, the phrase one another in the Bible. How is this love worked out? We're to admonish one another, wait for one another, care for one another, greet one another, be like-minded towards one another, serve one another, be kind to one another, bear with one another, receive one another, be kindly affectionate towards one another, don't judge one another. And then there's the long list of scriptures that say, love one another, love one another, love one another, love one another. Who is the Bible talking about with these one another scriptures? The local church. Yes, we're part of the body of Christ. But if we're going to work this out, it's got to be done in a smaller group. It's got to be done face to face. Touchy, touchy, feely, feely. If I'm going to learn how to love, I've got to learn how to love face to face. FaceTime. My granddaughter, Michaela, just started FaceTiming me because we love each other. We can't see each other often, so we're FaceTiming. But even that isn't good enough, Michaela. I need to see you really in person, face to face. And I need to be with you more than five minutes on an iPad. Now, this local church thing, there's two words in the Greek. One is ekklesia, and one is koinonia. Ekklesia is the meeting of the local church. We're in an ekklesia right now. This is a meeting. But I don't want to talk about the meeting today, because the meeting, while we do come together as a family, just having a meeting isn't necessarily a family. I want to talk about the koinonia, which is the relationship of the people who come to the meeting. 1 Corinthians 1.9 God will do this, for he is faithful to do what he says, and he has invited you into partnership with his Son, Jesus Christ the Lord. Partnership with his son, koinonia with his son. Because we are in the family of God, we are in partnership with Jesus. And because you're in partnership with Jesus, and so am I in partnership with Jesus, we're in partnership with each other, koinonia. Look at some of the words that koinonia is described as. Sharing unity. And again, that's not uniformity. We're not looking all the same, thinking all the same. We've got our own personality. But we share in a unity that comes from living together in the love of God. Close association. Closeness. Family is close. Bridge Builders Community Family is a close-knit group. That is also an open group. It's not closed. Partnership. There's that word. We partnership with Jesus, so we partnership with each other. Participation. Do you know in order to have koinonia, you've got to participate? 
You've got to be a part of it. You've got to do something. You're not to be on the fringe. No one is a fringe family member. There ain't no such thing. We're close. It's a society, a communion, a fellowship, contributory help. I contribute to your life, and you contribute to mine. Bridge Builders Church contributes to your life. You contribute to Bridge Builders' life. I'm not just saying money. I'm talking about you, yourself, your person, your giftings, your stories, whatever. The brotherhood. The love we're called to have for each other must be worked out in the everyday life of family relationships and circumstances. You believe that? I've asked a few people to share this morning about how church life has affected their life and vice versa. Because certain things just can't be preached. They can't be taught. They have to be learned. Does that make any sense? They can't be taught. They've got to be learned. How do we learn them? Life. So we've got a few people who are going to come and talk to us this morning about life in the church. And first I'm going to ask Michael and Sheila Kimball to come up and just tell us a little bit about church life. I'm going to have a little bit of stage fright, but good morning, family, my brothers and sisters. Michael has asked me to share my story first, so I'm going to do that. When Tim asked me to share about my experiences within the body of Christ, within different church families, the first thought that came to my mind was, this is a tale of two churches, or rather, two types of churches. Um, the, The good churches the churches where Christ really is alive, where his love for us is overflowing, where we're accepted um, just for who we are, no matter how messy. And then there are the other churches that are the not-so-good churches, the churches that unfortunately have the power to hurt us and where there is some family dysfunction, uh, which is not a a good place for us to be. So I'm just going to briefly share. I know I only have six minutes. Um... I was, uh, over 10 years ago, I was in a very dark place in my life. Um, I, through my own choices, some of which were very sinful, I was in a very abusive second marriage. It was very dark, very scary. I went to my church family, the, the body that I was a part of at that time, and while there were several families within that larger family, who were wonderful, who were supportive, who literally gave me safe haven on nights that it was too um, unsafe to sleep at home, my boys and I. You know, we ran to their their house. But the overall church family um, was really not a safe place. And instead of acceptance for the issues that I was experiencing, both my own and this the person that I was married to within the context of our marriage, I found condemnation and judgment and punishment. And the love of Christ was was really not evident. And it made me feel like I'm really bad and God doesn't really love me and I need to shape up. And so I tried uh, because I had been told, you know, no matter how hard it is, you must submit. And unfortunately, my circumstance was 
black and blues, and I was getting bloodied. And it was very serious. It was courts, cops, orders of protection serious. So I ran to my church family, the overall leadership, and, and the safety wasn't there. The protection, the love was not there. I think that the turning point that got me out of that was the threat that if, because I was so, quote, mercurial, um, and, and I stand by whatever bad behaviors I brought to the situation, but because I was so mercurial that, that Child Protective Services would be called. Now, for any mama bear, that's a big red flag, and it's like, I need to get out of there. The same time that all this was happening, I was working at another church. So I made an appointment with that pastor, and I said, I need to share some stuff with you because I'm really confused. And so I poured out my, my story, again, sharing my own part in it. And after he listened, the first thing he said to me was, I am really sorry. And Sheila, you are very loved by God, and you are welcome here, and you are safe here. But I need to tell you that you're not only being abused in a marriage, but in your church. So that was a turning point for me, and I left that not-so-good church family, that dysfunctional and dark place. And God brought me into a much better place where these people literally, they threw their arms around me. I came to them, a broken shell of a woman, and they said, come, just like Jesus said, come. We don't care how messy you are. We don't care that, yes, you may have sinned. We're taking you in. We're going to hold you to our heart. And they did just that. That health that I received there, that welcome within that church family, was what helped bring me to the place where I am today, um, coming through many dark chapters and now in a much better, much later chapter of life that I can say thank you, Jesus. So in conclusion, I just want to say that church families have a great power, just like we have great power within relationships with each other, for good or for bad. But through it all, through all the messes and through all the wonderful parts, Jesus, Jesus, He's the one that's there. He's the one that's steady. He never goes anyplace, and he never leaves us, and he never tells us you're bad and I don't like you anymore. He welcomes us back. You know, the one who has sin, you be the one to cast that first stone at this broken woman. So I just want to praise my Father in heaven, say thank you, precious Jesus, for never letting me go. And, and I also want to just say thank you to this particular church family, to the Millards, who they, they know me from way back when. When it was so very dark. And to be here is just testimony to God's grace and God's redemption. So I thank Him. Jim's a brave soul. <laughs> yeah, really. To be in a church fellowship again, to be attending in a church fellowship again, is a very interesting thing for me. I have a chip on my shoulder, but I say that I'm well balanced because I have a chip on both shoulders. <laughs> so being here is, is very interesting. When folks used to ask me, what church do you go to? My response was, I am the church. And church for me was coffee with Jay Cookingham. That's church, and it still is. Coffee with Tim, connecting with the Hosses. It has lied primarily outside of organized denominations, uh, because my experience, I have never been a part of an organized denomination that did not split. 
one of the three closest friends I had in all the world was my pastor at a church, and he killed himself. He shot himself. So it has been an interesting experience. But what I find is, is Father doesn't let us go from situations that cause us challenges or distress. He brings us back time and time again to walls that have crushed us because he wants us to go over those walls. And as Tim mentioned, you know, love is a messy business. I have not done well at love in many different circumstances. And when I think about connecting, that you are my family, I look and and most of you I do not know well. So that obligation to connect with my family that I have yet to know better weighs on my heart. And it's something I'm looking forward to. I remembered when my friend that did shoot himself and died, the thing that struck me the most, because we were very close, our faith walk together is a race. A race that has an opportunity to win a prize, to get home together. You must run a race on your own, but you can run with other people. I need to run with you. I need to run with you. I need to do better in loving where I have failed in the past. And I need your help to do that. So the good, the enlargement of my heart to love, can't be done without you. And so somehow, in God's ironic sense of humor, he has brought me here, and I love Tim's often used expression, why? I don't know. You know, that has really endeared me. When Tim says, I don't know, I say, that's a good man. That's a good man. Because it's hard to tell. So I still carry with me these mixed feelings about what is church. But in the end, I think we certainly agree Church is all of you. You are my family that I hope to get to know better. Michael Cookingham. So I suppose you're all wondering why I called you here today. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, I have a story to tell about my lifeguarding. I was on duty in the chair watching the kids. They were on the shallow end, having fun, and then they decided to be brave and go in the deep end. And they were jumping in, and there was one girl who wasn't doing it. She was too afraid. And all of her friends were trying to coach, coach get her in. Like, come on, come on, I can do it. Let's go. You got this. And then my shift was up, and the lifeguards took over for me. And I was watching her, and she had her mom trying to get her in, too, and a friend of her mom to get her in, but she couldn't do it. So I was thinking, if that was me, I would want someone big and able to swim in front of me in the pool. So I got up, went and jumped into the pool, got right in front of her, said, all right, I'll make sure you'll be okay. Jumped in, picked her up, brought her to the wall. She kept jumping in every single time now. She was, her face was 
Thank you, thank you so much, thank you. But I wouldn't have been able to do that if it wasn't for Mrs. Haas, who got me into the culinary to do my lifeguard training. I want to give the glory to God for giving me the strength to do that and thank Mrs. Haas for getting me in, which was just a simple thing for her, which led to helping a young girl who's now not afraid of the deep end and can't come out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Sir Aguilar. Hello, everyone. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Sarah, and I've been coming to this church on and off for probably about a year now. Um, and I was actually really excited when Pastor Tim gave me this opportunity because some of you I've never really gotten a chance to talk too much, and so I just wanted to publicly thank you in my testimony for what you've meant to me. Um, you, your story really touched me, and it's a kind of not exactly the same details, but a similar story. Um, I'm originally from Poughkeepsie, but I went away to school out of state, and I've lived a couple of different places. And before I came back to this area, I've been most recently living in Brooklyn, New York. And um, about two and a half years ago, through a certain, like, certain circumstances and unfortunate events, um, my life completely changed, and that door closed, and I had to move back to this area. And um, when I left there, it was very difficult for me, and I came back to this area very broken and um, <laughs> promised myself I would not cry, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I came back very broken and wounded, and my spirit was really crushed. And there was really no other way to put it, but just like a shell of a person, like you said, that really resonated with me. And um, again, just sort of coming out of a dysfunctional family, as you described a church, I never really thought of it that way, dysfunctional family and borderline abusive in some ways, and just completely crushed. And um, it's just been through coming here that God has really done a deep work in my life. And I'm even just amazed at how I even wound up here. I just see God's hand through it all, through the that darkest point in my life. You know, I started working at Rhinebeck Bank over here on 9G, and that led me to the Millars. I'll never forget the first day I saw him pull up at the drive up. My heart almost stopped. It was like, as a place I was at in my life, I was just, you know, didn't want anything to do with Christians. I was like, oh, gosh, here he is. I'm not to talk to him. And, like, um, the first couple of times I managed to go undetected, you know, I like hide him behind, you know, some stuff and managed to go undetected, but I couldn't do that forever. And so one day I looked at, after he left, I looked at the deposit. I'm like, okay, Bridge Builders Church. And um, so I looked it up online and found out a little bit about it and I finally got up the nerve to come. And it's been through coming here that God has really done such a deep work in my heart of just restoring me to, I don't even want to say the place I was at before, but to a better place. And, um, and you know, he asked me to share about how the relationships in this church have helped me to get to that place. And it's been a couple different ways, mainly through, you know, personal relationships with um, Pastor Tim and Ginny. I mean, we all see what they do here on Sundays, but we don't all necessarily see behind the scenes all the times they invited me to their house and <laughs> opened their doors to me and just let me pour out my heart and cry it out. And, and now they... um. God used them to speak truth to the lies that had crippled me and nearly destroyed my spirit. And I'm so grateful for that. I don't know if they really know how much God used them to really speak the truth and help me to find my identity in, in, in Jesus Christ and what he says about me, not what some other person says about me. 
And I'm just so grateful for that relationship. And that's just an example of how the, the personal relationships that we have with each other are really so important. And I'm so, so grateful for them. And for others of you in the church who have come up to me and prayed with me and spoken to me, it, you'll never know how much that meant to me. When I came here, I was just, like I said, so broken and, and um, so I'm so thankful for the specific relationships that I've formed here. And, um, but also I'm just grateful for the relationships as a whole that I've gotten a chance to witness. Even just, I was reading through the front of that bulletin where it was describing like admonish and love. And I'm thinking, man, the bulletin stole my testimony. This is everything I wanted to say. And, um, all the words listed there is what you all have done, not only for me, but I've seen you do to each other. I've seen a healthy church family. I've seen people that genuinely love each other, and it's not out of any sort of motive or what they can get from you. They just loved you for who you are. And I really, that alone has, you know, changed me and done such a, a deep work of healing in my heart is just just loving me for who I am and not what I can give. And, um so I'm really, the relationships that I've seen between you and the genuine and sincere love and compassion that you have for each other and that you've shown me has really changed me. And I'm just so grateful for God leading me here because I honestly can say I don't know where I would be if I hadn't come here, if you hadn't pulled up to the drive up that day. I don't know. And, and even just how God strategically placed me at the bank so I would come cr- across your path because I don't know if I would have any other way. And, and just how God has used this place to just, restore my heart and he's used the mallards to help me get my apartment and i mean he's just god has used them so much in my life and um in more ways than i can describe so i just want to thank everybody here so much i know i some of you i've never really had a chance to talk much to but i just want you to know that you have impacted me just observing you and you know the verse that just keeps coming to mind is the lord is my shepherd i shall not want and the shepherd is the one who leads the sheep and god truly led me here and you know the next verse it says he leads me to green pastures he leads me beside the still waters he restores my soul and this place to me has been those green pastures and the still waters that god has truly used to restore my soul and i'm just so grateful and thankful that he brought me here into all of you and i'm just i'm looking forward to getting to know you all more and developing those those real relationships that we all need. No, none of us are an island. We need each other. And that is what God is showing me is that this is a safe place to develop those relationships. I don't have to be scared anymore. I don't have to, you know, keep people out anymore. It's okay. And so I just, I thank you for that. And I look forward to getting to know you all more. It would be wrong for me to say, See, we're doing it. We're not doing anything. All we're doing is loving Jesus. When we do that, God takes care of everything else. So our mission statement, know God, love people, has been the heart of this church from the beginning. We didn't sit down as leaders and write out a list of, okay, this is how we're going to Know God, step 1 through 12. And then, turn the page. Here's the second 12 steps of how we're going to love people. We decided early on that we are not going to be a program church. First of all, we don't have enough people. (laughs) Which, for us, is a good thing. Because it forces us to concentrate on what's real and what's most important. And that is just have fun. With God. He wants to have fun with us. 
He wants us to enjoy him and enjoy each other. And what better place to be than a place where almost everybody here has had some kind of brokenness in their past so that we can come and learn what healing in God is all about. That's the love of God. It's not to keep us from difficult places. It's to help us get through difficult places. Three words. As a family. I am so blessed by God to be a part of this family. So the bottom line is praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Let's just give God a little praise. Praise God. Lord, you are the reason we're here. Thank you for including us in your family. Thank you for pouring out your love into our hearts. We vow, Lord, to be true to that love and to be conduits of that love. First, to you, then to each other, then to our family on earth, and to the world, Lord. We want your love to rule and reign in our area. We do lift up Hyde Park to you. We lift up Dutchess County, the Hudson Valley. Every place where we have influence, Heavenly Father, on your behalf, we pray that your word would go forth and change the hearts of people. Let them know the truth about who you really are. May they receive the truth about the love that you have for them, Lord. You promised, living in us, you would use us to advance your kingdom. What a privilege, Lord. We love you, we love you, we love you. Now, Lord, even increase our desire to love each other more this week. And, Lord... Those people we don't know as well. I pray you would lay in our hearts a desire to get closer together with somebody in this body. Somebody in this little part of your body of Christ. That we might learn what we need to learn about the awesome, unbelievable love of Christ that is in us. And that we want to have for each other, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now we go on our way with joy in our heart, a little dance in our step, looking forward to what you have for us this week, Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Go in peace. <laughs>